you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 13 of the Toolstation Western League podcast. My name's Ian Knockholds and I'm delighted to be joined by Western League bulletin writer and, of course, author of the Western League column in the non-league paper, Tom Hiscock. Tom, good afternoon. Have you had a good weekend? Yeah, it's been pretty decent, thank you. Yourself? Windy, very windy here in uh, in Wiltshire, windy Wiltshire, um, but um, not too many fixtures um, fell foul to the weather. I think that we feared the worst at one point, didn't we? But um, um, actually, we've got a pretty comprehensive schedule, uh, Premier Division, First Division, and, um, and of course, we've got the second round of the Les Phillips uh, Cup to talk about. That's where we'll, that's where we'll start, Tom. And uh, do you want to kick us off with um, Ashton and Backwell against Shepton Mallet? Yeah, it was Shepton Mallet who uh, progressed to the next round thanks to a 2 0 win away from home. Uh, goals from uh, Liam Watson and Joe Morgan proved to be the difference. And uh, it's, yeah, then who are through to the last eight at the uh, expense of Ashton and Backwell. Uh, cup specialists, Buckland Athletic, um, of course, going well in the Premier Division. They were at home to Chipping Sodbury Town. Yeah, and their cup form continued through to the, uh, the Lev Phillips Cup. They're now into the quarterfinals as well. Uh, following a 2-1 win at home to Chiffin Sodbury. Uh, goals from Lloyd Gardner and debutante Craig Duff, who's just joined on loan from Thornton Town, uh, put them through. They were 2-0 up uh, before George Box scored quite late on for the visitors, who uh, unfortunately are knocked out. Now, Gillingham and Bradford, um, that was one of the games that fell foul of the of the weather, but um, um, they were able to play at Hallen, where the visitors were cribs. Yeah, and Cribs showed why they're 30 points clear of Allen in the league. Uh, pretty comprehensive 4-1 win away from home. Uh, goals from James DeRosa, Darren Edwards and Josh Jones, uh, plus a Mike Perabone goal, put them through to the next round. Now, the shock of the day, without question, Tom, goes to Roman Class St George. Um, they were at home to um, Premier Division leaders Bristol Manor Farm because Bristol Manor Farm going well in the league. They'd gone well in the Vars, as we'd covered and um, last week I made the shock revelation that if they didn't win the Premier Division, I would um, I would present the uh, podcast in my underpants. Uh, clearly, that's had a profound effect on the Manor Farm squad. Yeah, one 0 defeat, uh, a shock, as you say. Roman Glass and George were fourteenth in the First Division, and it was an extremely early goal, just the third minute of the match, uh, when Jacob Watson opened the scoring, and it proved to be the only goal of the game. As I say, uh, Manor Farm not at their best. Uh, potentially uh, concentrating on league matters, obviously bigger, bigger fish to fry somewhat, but a, but a huge performance and a huge result for Roman Glass and George. And earlier today I was lucky enough to catch up with Roman Glass St George manager Andy Gurney and I started by asking him whether he genuinely believed his side could get a result against the runaway Premier Division leaders Bristol Manor Farm. Yeah, to be honest I did. Um, you know, at home we, we've been been fairly good really at home this year um, and I thought if we, you know, we could stop them playing and, and you know limit limit what what they can do um, we have got some good young players in our side and going forward you, you know we are we are very good and um, I knew if we could just you know try and stop them playing as much as we could we, we would have half, half a chance and um, you know, on the day we, we, we were unbelievable, really, and this, uh, it was probably, well, certainly by far the best performance we've ever had since I've been there. Really. 
Does that leave you a little frustrated as well as um, delighted with the result, obviously, because clearly the, the boys have shown you what they can do, yet at times this season it hasn't always gone your way, has it? Yeah, it's been frustrating at times. Um, and like I said, because we have, we have sort of got a squad together that's got some, some good footballers in it, you know. And, uh, but we have got a very young side as well. We've got a young team that are still learning and... You know, at times we can be naive, I think, especially when we've got away from home. You know, they know how just uh, to grind results out sometimes, which you have to do at any level, really, you know. Um, and, and like I say, certainly at home, with the type of players we have, with the pitch we play on, it suits us, to be honest. And, and, and like I say, some good footballers. But, um, but yeah, it, it's been a frustrating season. And, and Saturday, in many ways, did sum that up in that I know we're capable of so much more than, than what I position suggests at times but um, but like I say it's a young team and, and I'm sure we can if we can keep everyone together next year and have you know we'll be looking to have one or two bits of maybe experience really that have been around the leagues a bit more um, you know I'm looking forward it next year we can kick on again but you know we've still got nine games left and we'll be looking to win as many of them as we can and, and finish somewhere in the top half which was our aim at the start really which is still very achievable with the games we've got left you know so if we cast our minds back again to Saturday, I, I wasn't fortunate enough um, to get to the game, and I know obviously there are plenty of listeners out there who weren't. Um, I understand from our report that you scored early, but was it a case that you had to hang on for the rest of the game, or were you good value for the win? To be honest with you, if we'd have gone in three and a half at half-time, it wouldn't have flattered us. Um, you know, and I think you ask anyone that was in the game, or, you know, or, or any of their lads, you know, that we had some great chances in the first half and, um, and couldn't quite put them away. So, I mean, the second half we did, we did have to dig in and, and they had a lot of the ball. But again, in the second half, I think we had two one-on-ones that we could put away. So, um, from an outsider looking in, if you'd have been in the game, you would have probably struggled to know which team was which, to be honest, if you didn't, if you didn't already know, because we did play that well. And like I say, if we'd have won by three or four, well, Manor Farm have only been beaten once in the league this season. They were, of course, famously beaten um, in the latter stages of the FA Vars not that long ago. They've been going very well this season, as have the top four teams in the Premier Division. But you've come up against them in the Les Phillips Cup. The Les Phillips Cup has thrown up some interesting matchups between First Division and Premier Division opposition. How do you rate the gulf between the two leagues in terms of the quality of the teams in each? I think the top of that league, you know, you're a and I think Street are up there, aren't they? and one or two others. I think there's a there's quite a big gap maybe between the top five or six. I think beyond that, um, you know, we've come across a few of the teams, you know, in, in the lower half of the Premier Division, if you like, in, in cup competitions in the last year or two, and, and, and we've had good results against them. I don't think. I don't think there's that big a gap with the with the bottom half of that division and our division, if you like. I think the, the tricky bit maybe is is getting out of our division. Cause I'm, I'm sure even if, you know you look at our league position, it might sound crazy, but but I'm sure even if we if we were up in that division, we'd hold our own. You know, we'd probably 
be down in that bottom half somewhere. But I think I think we probably still would. I don't think the gap is huge, bar bar maybe the top half of that division if that can make any sense. You know. It, well, it certainly does with results like the one that you enjoyed on Saturday. I mean, it was obviously a, a good win in the Les Phillips Cup. You've, um, well, you've mentioned that you're aiming for a top half um, of the table finish in the division this year. How far do you think you can progress in the League Cup competition? To be honest with you, if we can get a draw at home, like Francis against anyone, and that, and that was proven obviously on Saturday. Um, yeah, certainly a home draw would be nice. You know, just because we beat Manafarm doesn't, doesn't mean we, we go and necessarily beat beat a side from that division again. But um, certainly at home, you know, I'd be more than confident that that we um, we would certainly put up a good performance and, and give whoever it may be a good game again. You know. And, who knows, the Cup's sometimes a different thing from the beginning, and, and I guess that was proven on Saturday in many ways, but, um, but but like I say, just generally, I know we've got a team that is very capable of his day of, of certainly beating anyone in our division and, and, and giving teams in a division above a game, and it's just consistency has been a key with us that we haven't been able to get, and I'll say the fact that we've got a lot of young players is a factor in that, but certainly... Certainly, a home draw would be nice, and if we can get one, then um, I'd fancy against anyone, really. Uh, you've not had a bad 2017 so far, um, and in fact, the last three games, you've won them all. Um, away at Corsham, at home to Bishop's Lydiard, and of course, that famous victory against Manor Farm in the League Cup. Um, you've got um, uh, Hengrove uh, coming up, you've got Cheddar uh, coming up, so you could even figure, uh, in a roundabout way, in who decides the um, first division promotion places have you from what you've seen so far this season who, who do you think the, the front runners are yeah I mean those two I'd fancy those two to be honest I mean it's tight and, you know you've always got Wellington and Cainter like there and, 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 and what have you but um, certainly Hengrove are very strong very physical you know and a bit like I said with the know-how of how to win a game you know they've got that in their locker to, to, to grind results out and, and Cheddar a decent side and, and have been for a couple of years really um, so I think it'd be tight but if I call it you know I'd probably call them too um, and, and like you say we both, we got both men to come and um, you know, we got a couple of settles, scores to try and settle against them to be quite honest so, uh, um, yeah in a roundabout where I guess we can figure it in that shake-up but um, those two would be the two for me I think so it's a top half of the table finish that you're targeting for this season with your young side. You've had a fantastic result in the Les Phillips Cup against the league leaders and, and quite probably the league champions in Bristol Manor Farm. So next season could well be an exciting time to be a to be a glass fan. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, nothing's guaranteed, is it? But but like I say, we've got a young side um, with some good footballers in it, and I think you know a lot of them is their first season at this level. So um, you know they'll be a bit more experience again next year, and if we can add one or two to what we've already got and, and keep you know the nucleus of what we already have, then yeah, I'd be quite confident we we can have a go next year. And, um, and, and, and find the consistency that, that we've lacked this year and um, you know we're not drawn too many games this year and if, if we could you know even if this year we'd have we'd have turned a few of the, the, the narrow defeats into draws which we um, you know maybe unlucky at times um, 
those extra points might have made a difference. But um, but yeah, if we can finish in that top half, we'd see that as a, a good season this year, I think, and, and try and kick on next year. Last week, you identified your game of the week was a Wiltshire derby between Warminster Town of the First Division and Melksham Town, of course, flying high in the Premier Division. You thought this one would be a close one, and you were right. Yeah, it proved to be the case. I mean, Melksham progressed eventually. Uh, a 3-2 win away from home. Haven't been able to source their goal scorers, unfortunately, but a nice big crowd uh, for a pretty local, local derby. And uh, Warminster, who did, they got a couple of goals, but they weren't quite able to, to get the win. And it's Melksham who are back in form and they claim the win and move on to the last eight. Again, Melksham being involved in the largest attendance of the weekend, but we have to take our hats off to their hosts, Warminster, because it wasn't at Oakfields, it wasn't in those luxurious surroundings of the Sky Bar where you get kept hidden from the wind and the rain. It was um, it was at, uh, at Warminster, so it's good to see um, um, good to see that the cup can bring a, a much needed boost to the old gate receipts. Indeed, very impressive. Um, hopefully, that sort of shows itself in the league over the next few weeks. I mean, Warminster probably safe and they probably won't need uh, many wins to rack up to the end of the season, but it would be good to see crowds of that, that ilk every weekend. Well, that concludes our roundup from the second round of the uh, Les Phillips Cup. We, we will move to um, Premier Division action. I'd love to kick off with Brislington against Bridport, but unfortunately we can't because that one didn't beat the weather. Um, but there was action between Sherbourne Town and Cabri Heath. Yeah, the one clash that, uh, that beat the weather, as you say, uh, and Cabri Heath took advantage of, of the cup fixtures and that postponement to move up to 10th, thanks to a 3-1 win over Sherbourne, who still sit bottom of the table, unfortunately. Uh, Matt Huxley opened the scoring his 39th of the season in all competitions, uh, before Corey, Sampson, Corey Simpson apologies, scored twice for Cabri Heath, uh, with Ollie Pearson grabbing one back for Sherbourne, but they now sit bottom, and, uh, and a pretty comfortable afternoon for Cabri Heath, and a good one for them. We need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's uh... a hand. Yes, it's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah, I've selected paints, cables, sealant, and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand, and it's ready to collect in twenty minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Well, um, that leaves us with the first division matches. A fair few, actually, to go through. We'll start off with um, Carn Town at home to Wincanton Town. Yeah, and Wincanton, another team to win away from home this weekend. Uh, they came from behind against Carn to win 2 1. It was William Brooks who put the home side ahead in the 23rd minute uh, before second half goals from Tom Morrison and Daniel Golden uh, handed Wincanton all three points. And a good crowd um, of 83 at Chardtown. Uh, they entertained Corsham, and um, the, the home fans will not have gone home disappointed. Yeah, a lot of late drama at Chard, where they surged into a two-goal lead before Corsham levelled it up with two goals either side of half-time. Uh, and then with ten minutes remaining, it was still two all, but Chard managed to surge home, uh, scoring three late goals, as I said, uh, through James Boylan, Scott Jakeman and uh, Scott Martin to extend their unbeaten home run to uh, four matches with a 5-2 win. Very impressive. 
Well, earlier in the podcast, I suggested that the standout result was that game against between Roman Glass St George and um, Bristol Manor Farm, and I think for the sheer magnitude of the victory, I, I, I think it, I think it probably is. But it was it, it was run incredibly cut close by a phenomenal eleven goal game at Devizes Town, where the visitors were basement boys, Almondsbury Uri. Tom, run us through that one. I had to double check this with people at the club just to, you know, before I sent this off as official confirmation, but a 9-2 win for Almonds for you. Just their fourth league win of the season. Um, quite outstanding. Uh, a hat-trick for uh, Jordan Year and four goals for Stuart Alexander. Uh, paved the way for the victory with further, further strikes from Jordan Davis and Ashley Knight on a completely memorable afternoon for them. May not be going all too well in the league, but they can uh, hold their head up high with this result and it's definitely helped their goal difference if they do make a late surge that will definitely be something on their side now and yeah a pretty disappointing afternoon for Devizes to suffer a 9-2 defeat at home to the, the bottom club now, last week we uh, we had a bit of a laugh about um, the curse of the podcast, and uh, we may well be coming to that again later. But um, I must say that Cheddar have recovered from the blip um, of last week, uh, and uh, they're back to winning ways, this time away at Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, and back to the top of the division as well. Uh, goals from Adam Jones and Danny Griffiths in the second half, helping them to a 2-0 win. It's a pretty difficult um, uh, fixture for them at this time of the season but they managed to, to, to get the win they're 21st of the season and as I say back to the top of the table but it is also tight up there but this week has gone well for them so yeah uh, good win for Cheddar and um, Portishead entertained Bishop Sutton Bishop Sutton have been on a run of poor form of late they sort of go in fits and spurts but um, they've managed to turn it round on this occasion yeah another come from behind win away from home uh, Bishop Sutton winning 2-1 at Portishead he took the lead through Alex Fox uh, before Courtney Charles equalised things up for, for uh, Bishop Sutton with a winner coming in the 66th minute from Jack Metcalf, helping them to a pretty crucial win. And um, Radstock Town, they were at home to Malmesbury Victoria. Yeah, and they missed out on the opportunity to move up to, to seventh in the league uh, with a goalless draw. Uh, pretty decent crowd, but uh, no goals to report, unfortunately, in the uh, Radstock Malmesbury uh, fixture. Yes, that was definitely one for the purist. I think that's probably the only nil-all draw in the entire weekend. Um, finally, um, we come to uh, Welton Rovers against Canesham Town. And uh, I did say I would be returning to the ongoing theme of the curse of the podcast. Of course, last, last week we heard from the Canesham Town manager uh, looking very much ahead at the fact that they'd, they'd beaten Wellington, the league leaders. They were going well at the top of the, uh, of the table. They travelled to Welton Rovers, who hadn't one since November and um, well the Green Army certainly had something to shout about on Saturday yeah incredibly a 3-0 win for, for Welton who obviously was sitting third bottom coming into this fixture uh, Canesham chasing promotion uh, but it wasn't to be for them and they were completely outplayed by all accounts uh, West Clues Aaron Sevier scoring a hat-trick for Welton in, a, in another team that picked up a pretty um, remarkable win. Uh, that's just, that is Kenshin's 11th defeat of the campaign. I mean, they are winning games, but not many draws, but they have suffered now 11 defeats, and uh, their promotion hopes have uh, hit a big bumper recently, haven't they? Uh, there's certainly teams behind them and ahead of them now that probably feel like they've got the beating of them. Kenshin seem to have played more fixtures than the rest, and this will be one they've uh, missed out on three points definitely uh, yesterday. Yeah, we'll have a look at the... Um 
Um, we'll have a look at the, the the two divisions and and you know who's who's hot and who's not in, in a moment. But I mean, one of the things I remember from my conversation last week with the Kenji manager was the fact that um, they'd had a wobble, but they'd returned to good form uh, in recent weeks. And of course, Welton Rovers have been in in no sort of form at all. I mean, you know, it, really, it's been a, it's been a horrible run for them. You know, you, you, when you can't buy a win, particularly when you're at the wrong end of the table. So really, you you, you couldn't get a game in. In the league, forgetting the upsets we've talked about in the cup, but you could not get a game in the league that has turned the form book on its head as much as this one. No, I don't think anyone could have seen this coming. Uh, it was at Wellington's home ground. I mean, that always plays a plays a part. But as, as I say, um, this is a completely surprising result, and Kenshin missed out on the opportunity to go top of the table. Uh, and another, uh, if we look at it the other way, Welton have eased their relegation hopes uh, somewhat with a with a massive result for them. So, uh, real real important afternoon at both ends of the table. And earlier today, I was fortunate enough to catch up with Clive Scott, the Welton Rovers manager, and ask him for his reflections on that fantastic home win against Kensham Town. Well, to be honest, um, I had a good feeling about the day anyway. And uh, I always thought that the boys might get... I would have have took a point all day long, Um, really. (laughs) But the way they came out of the traps, all three, was nothing less than they, they deserved very industrious and we played some good stuff at times. We, 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 we hurried we didn't give them a chance to get the ball and play to be fair you know I can't fault them in any way and I wondered where it's been actually for the last few weeks but it turned up um, weekend which is very good I and mean, we much needed three points and uh, I mean, obviously, it's a great result for the fans as well. And the fact that you, uh, you, as you say, that result came against Kenshin, who've been in good form. I mean, if you can keep that sort of form going until the end of the season, does that give you real optimism for what you can achieve next term? Well, I, I, I believe that, that they can bounce on from that. You know, because I think that, well, I see in the changing room now, the boys, the chests are high. You know, they enjoyed that Saturday. And it's all same work as they've been doing practically the same squad so it, it was only down to their own industry you know that got them all three points and to be fair I don't think they feared Kingston we took four points off of Kingston and we thought well at the end of the day it's a bit muddy you know the pitch is cutting up really easily this time of year they're used to playing on 4G I gambled that they wouldn't really be up for that and as luck would have it or whatever they weren't and we wanted it more, and obviously came out winners. Well, um, the reports I've heard of the game were that Kenshin had a couple of chances early on, but basically couldn't complain about the fact that you went in 2-0 at half-time up, and um, in, the th- in the second half, of course, you, you extended your lead, and, y- and you were good value for the victory overall. Good value, because uh, nobody could have complained, to be honest, if it was six or seven, because we, mi- we missed three or four sitters, um, which should have been put ourselves well, clean out of sight, and nobody nobody would have complained if it was it was six or seven. To be honest, we were that good. I must say, I got to congratulate the boys. They were that good, you know. Um, where the weather came from, were off par, and then obviously they lost a man late on. But to be honest, that didn't really affect the game. 
Great confidence boost going into your next game. Um, you've got a chance um, uh, to go to another team that's been struggling in the division in Ormondsbury-Uri. I say has been struggling because yeah. they scored a, an absolute <laughs> hatful against Devizes. So I don't no, know whether this is, is a good it? time or a bad time to be going to Ormondsbury. I'm, I'm not sure, to be, to be honest. But if we go with the same attitude and application as we did Saturday, we, we don't actually fear anyone. So, you know, we'll take all comers. My personal view, standout club in the league is Cheddar. Heads and shoulders. I mean, you can see how long they've been together. And for me, that's... that's I said they were going to win it from months ago. But even Cheddar had a slip-up in recent weeks. And does that just go to show that from top to bottom in the first division, there's not that much that separates all of the sides? On the day, no. You know, like I said, if you can put a run together, three or four games, you know, it, it all changes. Um, anyone on any given day, a cliche, cliche, can beat anyone. You know, and, and that's how close this league is, I think. My, my personal favourite is Cheddar, but I don't think there's any real standout, you know, teams in this league. We're all pretty sort of close and, you know, it just depends on the day. Now, if we have a look at the remaining fixtures um, you've got coming up, there is a standout game to be played in April on the 14th of April against your local rivals, Radstock Town. <laughs> you've got a little bit of unfinished business there, haven't you? <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't turn up on Boxing Day, that's for sure, you know, and they, they owe the fans big time for that because obviously bragging rights in a local derby as you know is always best to be had so we owe them we owe the fans the green army we owe them big time so i believe we go into there with a couple of games under our belt we won't fear them either we just got to apply ourselves and, and do our jobs, and I'm sure we'll come out winners. To be to be honest, I believe anyway. You've uh, you've you've had a good result, obviously, at the weekend. If you can take that into the remaining games um, for the rest of this season, particularly if you could get something out of that Radstock game, it would certainly give the for the supporters a great deal of of hope and optimism for for next season. Th this has been your first season, um, manager. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it was a tough start, build season. We've called it obviously because there was only three first teams left from previous season. We was trying and testing, i.e. the under-18s and the, the reserves and our reserves and that. Now I've got, I've got in a few players of my own. Um, and, it, and we went on a, a run after we'd had a really, really bad start, you know? And we went on a, we, we kind of went on a good 10, 12 game run, you know, to bring ourselves back into contention. And then we, and then we had another blip again, you know, and hopefully, after Saturday we might kick on again but next season for me is going to be the real test we get more, we get a few more bodies in um, the boys will all be used to each other for another season you know um, and we'll gel and we'll, we won't have that start, kind of start like that again which puts us in contention from actual start rather than I believe we were tasting it this season from start Finally just before I let you go Clive um, I, I'm, I had, I've had the privilege of, of covering Welton Rovers for a number of years on Summer Valley FM and one thing that always struck me we, we see we see great support across the Western League of course we do but there is something very special about the Greed Army isn't there? Oh definitely I don't think they're second to none to be fair I haven't seen support like that uh, I, play, I played at a few clubs I'm seeing support like that. You know, um, these boys are diehards and they love the club. They encourage the players. You know, they believe in me and my assistant. You know, um, 
they they just they're just good sports, really good sports. You know, we haven't really given them anything to sing and dance about, but they're they're there behind you. You know, and that's what a good club is about. To be fair, I believe, and I love being there. To be honest. Right then, Tom, um, just before we do look at the league tables, we'll have a quick have at the uh, fixtures uh, coming up in the week. And we'll start on Monday because there is, there's a massive game. It's not quite as massive as we thought it might be once, but um, it's still a huge game on, um, on Monday the 6th of March. Yeah, Bristol Valley Farm, obviously, uh, championship favourites, I guess you can call them now, uh, marching their way towards the title. But obviously the blip on Saturday... Uh, probably concentrated on this game somewhat. They are travelling to Melchon Town uh, in what should be a, a hotly anticipated Monday night fixture. And then on Tuesday, um, in the Premier Division, Street play Brislington. In the First Division, Malmesbury are at home to Roman Glass St George and Portishead Town entertain Oldland Abertonians. Um, on Wednesday, um, Cribs entertain Bridport and Ashton and Backwell have a game in the First Division against um, Radstock Town. But um, we're back with one fixture in the Les Phillips Cup. Um, do you want to take it away, Tom, for Saturday the 11th of March? Of course, yeah, and it's uh, a first division tie, uh, two of the top sides going head to head, probably uh, get a little, uh, get ahead of themselves in sort of league, league ties, uh, but they're playing each other, Kangaroo Athletic that is, and Wellington in the uh, in the Lev Phillips Cup, apologies, next Saturday, another second round tie, uh, and then there's also a full set of Premier Division fixtures, where we have Bradford Town taking on Longwell Green Sports, uh, Brad, uh, Bridport taking on Cadbury Heath, Buckland Athletic travelling to Brislington, Bristol Manor Farm in action, uh, home to Cribs, Cleveland, Cleveland Town, <laughs> uh, travelling to Gillingham Town, Hallam uh, taking on Shepton Mallet, and with neither Bitten nor Sherborne in action, uh, an important fixture for Hallam, can they take an advantage and, uh, and put a few points ahead of their, uh, their rivals. Uh, Melksham Town are in action at home again against Chipping Sobbury Town, and Willen Rovers host uh, promotion chasing Street. And then in the first division, we've got Almondsbury, UE versus uh, Welton Rovers. Bishops Lydia v Bishop Sutton. Roman Glass and George will travel to play Chippenham Park. Devizes Town taking on Ashton and Backwell United. Canesham Town uh, looking to fight back after the disappointing uh, result last Saturday. They will take on Radstock Town. Malmesbury Victoria versus Callum Town. Oldland Abertonians versus Chard Town. Westbury United versus Caution Town. We finished with Warmint Town's trip to Wincanton Town. And if we look back over that uh, upcoming week of fixtures, Tom, um, what's your standout fixture? Yeah, I mean, Howland, as I say, if they're going to stay away from the, uh, the relegation zone, they do need to beat Shepton Mallet, you'd think. Uh, in terms of the standout tie, probably the Phillips Cup game, I guess, between Hengrove and Wellington, both going well in the, the first division. And the Cup might not be their first priority right now, but when they meet on Saturday, it should be a good clash. Well, we'll certainly be running you through the action from those games. By the time um, you do hear next week's podcast, of course, that Melksham Town game against Bristol Manor Farm will be old hat, but that's definitely going to be the one that everybody's going to be thinking about on Monday night football and the Tool Station Western League. Um, just before we go, we'll have a quick look at the two tables. Uh, Manor Farm, of course, sitting pretty on the top of the Premier Division, played 29 with 78 points. Street also played 29. They've got 67 points. That's the gap. And then it's Buckland played 27, 66 points and Melksham Town, they've played one game more than Buckland, 28 and they've got 63 points, so Buckland really are the ones leading that charge the battle in the basement of the Premier Division and uh, 
arguably a three-horse race, but um, Bridport and Longwell Green on 22 points might want to start having a bit of a look over their shoulder, just in case some of these sides start putting in a, a, a run of games together. Bitten have played 29. They've got 14 points just below them. Helen have got um, um, 14 points. They've played 30. And Sherbourne Town, um, 30 played and 13 points on the board. Uh, Looking into the first division, Cheddar sitting pretty, 33 um, played, 70 points. One point more than Wellington, 33 played, 69 points. Canesham Town, two games more than the teams above them, and they've got 68 points. And then it's Hengrove, 31 played, 64 points. Are you still, Tom, optimistic that um, Hengrove are the ones to watch in that race? I mean, they're the ones to watch, but they're going to have a lot of fixtures uh, towards the end of the season. They're going to rack up, uh, especially with them in cup action, as I sort of mentioned next week as well. So uh, they will have to win all these games in hand. It's not a foregone conclusion that they will catch the top three, who are a team who have been up there for the last couple of months. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to pin myself to the last quite yet, but Hengrove is certainly a team to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, well, in a week when um, Roman Glass and George have beaten Bristol Manor Farm, then uh, absolutely nothing is for certain. Nothing anymore. Yeah, forget forget Brexit, forget Trump. When uh, when Roman Glass, almonds for you. Well, and indeed, indeed, sitting yes, right, rooted to the bottom of the first um, division there, um, ten points adrift of Corsham Town above them, and they've gone on. They've gone to. Um, <laughs> they've gone to 12th place devices and they have um, and they've put nine past them so um, you know you couldn't you couldn't make it up anyway we do every weekend of course on the Tool Station Western League podcast um, Tom have you filed your copy for the non-league paper indeed it is uh, in the step four and five section this week and the bulletin is also on the website uh, in the tab along the top Tom, thank you very much for your time, as always, and all the effort that you put into um, to the research. It's much appreciated. And from me, Ian Knockholds, it's been another Toolstation Western League podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa there, Ian. Steady on. We haven't finished just yet. We've got a Monday night football special for you. A special, Ian. What, you mean like the ones you get at the end of those Marvel films where they show you what's coming up next? No, Ian, this is the podcast. Just in case you think I've gone completely mad, can I assure you that there is method in my madness, or indeed method in my acting. The podcast is put together by Tom and myself every Sunday afternoon, and then I catch up with the managers we want to interview on the Monday and the Tuesday, and then I splice it all together, which is a little bit why sometimes the podcast sounds like the greatest hits of ELO. Ah, yes, the Electric Light Orchestra. There's one for the teenagers. Anyway, you can forget about Monday Night Football on Sky. You can forget about Chelsea against West Ham. There was a much bigger game in the Tool Station Western League at Oakfield Stadium. Not quite as big as we once hoped it would be, but tabletoppers Bristol Manor Farm travelled to Melksham for their much-anticipated league clash. The game finished 2-1 to Melksham Town, avenging the defeat that they suffered on the opening day of Oakfields when Bristol Manor Farm triumphed 5-3 in their FA Vars encounter. To the victor, the spoil and I caught up with an old friend of the podcast, Melksham manager Darren Perrin, to get his thoughts on that game. Yeah, obviously de- delighted with the win to be champions-elect, because um, that's what I think they are, and deservedly win the game. was very pleasing, and uh, the manner that we did it, when you think that we were absolutely decimated with injuries last night, with no Higgins, no Sam Jordan, no Ballinger, no Bateman, no Rose, no Roy. We had six six 
players who would normally start all missing um, and the performance that we put in um, I'm elated to be fair and delighted with it uh, especially after the way Bristol Manor Farm dismantled us is almost the word in the FA Vaz um, I think for, from my understanding of the game Darren you went 2-0 up is that right? We did we went 1-0 up uh, after about 20 minutes um, and then we've come out second half and we've missed a great chance and then we felt very arsy treated we lost our uh, midfield player Mike Parrott to an horrendous injury um, where we all f- felt it was a red card the referee only gave it a yellow and that disappointed us but it seemed to inspire us if, if that's the right word and we went 2-0 up with a brilliant goal from Dan Denkiff and, and then Manor Farm had a player sent off then for two cautions two bookable offences and to be fair to Bristol Manor Farm for the last quarter of an hour they've laid siege even with 10 men they've, they showed great great character and great desire they've pulled a goal back in the 89th minute um, and we're hanging on then in the last four or five minutes um, but no, I was delighted for the players because the last couple of weeks we played okay without taking our chances and getting perhaps the points we deserved and last night we got our just rewards Well you've moved up to third in the table um, are you a little bit annoyed now looking back on the wobble that you've had in, in uh, recent weeks that perhaps if you'd picked up a few more points um, you could be a little bit closer to Manor Farm perhaps put a bit more pressure on them Oh, very much so. We've lost three games all season. Um, two to check that our bogey team shut the mallet. Um, we're well aware we should be closer. As, like I said, we've had us. And it all really started from when we were 3 0 up at Wells and drew three each. We then dropped points, obviously lost to Oma Shepton and drew over to Willens. Um, but at the end of the day, league, over over 40 odd games, 42 games, league table that life, we are where we are because that's where we deserve to be. And as I said before on the podcast, when you spoke to me last time, you've got to give enormous credit to Bristol Manor Farm, Buckland Street. We could still end up come the end of the season averaging around 2.2 points a game and could end up being third or fourth. Um, when you look at the top of the table, I mean, you mentioned all the teams um, uh, at the top of the table, but uh, do you think that um, the likely challenge to Manor Farm, if there's to be one, will come from Buckland? Those two teams have still yet to play each other in the league. Yeah, that's obviously that obviously uh, could be obviously a very important game. But I think, to be fair, is you've got to be the sides around you and mid-table there's a lot of difficult games to come and pressure now starts to come in votes I mean I think Buckland go to street on a Tuesday night next Tuesday I mean that's an enormous game for obviously both sides which and has obviously implications for Bristol Manor Farm and ourselves as well but um, still dropping points from now to the end of the season and it's it being decided from the experience we had two years ago when we won the league it'd be the ones who hold their nerve and, and get a little bit of the rubber to green as well you need a little bit of luck along the way it's um, whoever gets that would be champions I, I still believe it'd be Bristol Manor Farm Well you've still got to play street in the league realistically speaking you are in with a shout of finishing second um, uh, is that would, would, would you be pleased with that? Yeah I've said I've said all along to be fair is last season 
um, we wanted it better than fifth so there was improvement we want to finish in the top four which I think is certainly uh, achievable and the club have never ever got to the Phillips Cup final um, we're two games away from that again you want a bit of luck with the draw um, but our aim is cliche sounds boring we want to finish as high as we can if we if we can't finish second we want to finish third if we can't finish third we want to finish fourth and that's the way we are we, we'll go to the last minute of the last game of the season and wherever it, it ends up that's where we deserve to be Darren, congratulations on your victory last night. I saw another fantastic crowd uh, at Oakfield, so that's um, that's really good news for the club. And I mean, Monday night isn't traditionally a great night for um, for Western League football, so to get that crowd coming out on a, on a work evening, I think, is a great testament not just to uh, not just to the club, but also the interest that's been generated in this title race. No, exactly. Um, and to be fair, it certainly looked a lot more than 487 last night. I must admit, it was a fantastic crowd to see people coming from as far as Fieldies, York, Braintree and Essex, Grand Hoppers, Bristol Manifold, credit to Bristol Manifold, they brought some great support last night. Um, it's great facilities, you've seen it, we've reported on it, it's a great place to come and watch football uh, and long may it continue. And that is the end of this week's podcast. I'd like to thank all of our contributors. Tom Hiscott, of course, who writes the bulletin for the Western League and from the non-league paper. Andy Gurney, the manager of Roman Glass and George. Clive Scott, of course, from Welton Rovers. And um, a special thanks to Darren Perrin coming in at the very last minute there to give us that Monday night football special on the big game in the Premier Division between Melksham Town and Bristol Manor Farm. And I've been Ian Knockholds for the Toolstation Western League podcast. (laughs) 